Police responded to a 911 call. Dramatic video of gun insanity in the Bronx. Police releasing a new video of a person that they are still trying to track down. Defund the police is not the answer. Many people surveyed said they just don't feel safe in the city. It's a shooting outside of a store. This is Bo Deedles. True crime. Police this morning are searching for the person who turned this Harlem platform to a crime scene. A Red Apple Media Podcast Network production. Now, here's Bo Deedle. Welcome, everybody, to Bo Deedle's True Crime Story. Today, we have a really different one. Normally, I talk about murders, I talk about the criminals, and I bring the criminals to justice, and we talk about injustices and everything. Today, we're going to talk about something that affected me. A friend of mine, Rich Bruno, who's with me, and his son has been incarcerated in the New York State Correction Facility for the last few years. He was involved with drug dealing. The father, Rich Bruno, was my friend, said he did wrong. He's supposed to do his time. But we're going to expose today something that's going on in our correction facilities and something that's going on in our Sing Sing prisons and a lot of our prisons and let people understand. Again, Rich is here as a father who says his son did wrong and he should go and do his time. That's all we want him to do. But when you hear this story of what this young man's going through, as we speak today, he takes his uh, solace out of going to put they call him put him in a box means solitary confinement he'd rather be in solitary confinement than to be in general population every day he talks to his father when he can and he's afraid that they're going to kill him we're going to start the whole story rich first of all welcome to bo deedle's true crime story and this is a crime because being assaulted and being beat up by guards and prison inmates is a crime and that's what we're here about so why don't we start from the beginning rich about what happened with your son Okay, once again, thank you for having me on the show. I'm talking to you as a father of a son who got involved with drugs, probably all through the high school years, had him in and out of rehabs, tried everything we could. You know, between him and the system, it wasn't good. They both failed each other. He finally started to get on a decent track, which I thought anyway, he, you know, as a drug dealer or drug addict, you can be conned very easy. He definitely got involved selling now, drugs. he was a user also. Yes, very So bad. he was a user and a dealer. Yep. And that comes part and parcel. Yes. Once you're a real heavy drug user, you want to get the product and you can step on it and you have enough product for yourself. Exactly. Right? Plus yeah. the fact that you're getting it free as opposed yeah. to paying, which he could have never afforded that kind and of And he's a, from Long Island, right, Rich? Yes, he is. He was from a prevalent area in Long Island. You know, we had him in schools and sports and... Always was a good kid till 16, I guess, till he ran in with the wrong bunch of guys, and he became one of them. And next thing you know, a group of his friends started doing drugs. They met up with another group of guys who were selling drugs, and they found that way to go about things on how to get free drugs, make money, and it becomes a life. It becomes like a game. And when, when does the ultimate happen, when he gets pop on sale, possession, everything, and who arrested him? Well, he had three agencies that followed him for four months. It was a DEA, Sheriff's Department, and the local Suffolk County Police. Suffolk County, this is, okay. Yeah. They followed him for about four months. They knew he was moving some weight, and they arrested him and about 10 other guys. He, out of the 11, was the only one that, I guess, didn't say anything. The other 10 all wanted to rat him out and get so him. So the other ones copped out? Yeah, all of them, every one of them. And then they fingered him. They got him. The odd part was 
the DA at the time, I don't know if I allowed to mention You're allowed to mention Spoda. The DA was Thomas Spoda, yeah. who actually was involved in so many underhanded dealings in Suffolk County that he eventually went to jail on federal charges. Yeah. Still saying that he was involved with this Jimmy Burke commissioner. With the beating with and all the that beatings stuff. and possibly even the Gilgo murders, but mm. that's that's to determine. But but now you got spotted at DA, but now all of a sudden your son actually goes to trial. Yes, he does. He uh, he wouldn't cop out like the rest of the crew. What did they get as far as sentences, the guys that copped out? Some guys got a year, six months, two years, very little. So now your son Rich, right? Yes. He's Richard also. Yes, he is. I'm Richard too. So oh. we got three Richards in this uh, <laughs> okay. equation. Okay, so basically Rich now goes, he goes to trial and he's convicted, right? Yes, he is. Okay, what is he convicted of? Actually, he didn't go to trial. What happened was he took a plea. 13 years because he was facing like 15 to 25. Oh, so they said, if you don't take this plea, right. you're going to get 15 to 25. Right. So what did they offer him? He was actually, prior to that, believe it or not, his attorney, Phil Murphy, uh, said he wouldn't get more than nine years. Mm. But there's another story. Six months later, they find out that he has a brain illness, aneurysm, cancer, whatever it was. Oh, your son? The attorney. Oh, and they said he wasn't even on his right mind when he defended now, what, him. What, what kind of boy was your son? Like, big guy? How what? My son is 6'4", 245. He was very, very good in schools, basketball, But, I mean, sports. he's a muscular kid. Is he work well, out? Well, he always worked out, but when he went to prison, it was like the only thing to do to stay out of trouble. So five hours a day he worked out in so, the gym. So in other words, in his mind, like I'd go to jail, I'd work out five hours a day. Yeah. Because you got to build yourself up so you're not uh, a potsy there where they're going to Ex eat exact, up. Like, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so now he cops out to 13 years. 13 years. That's a lot of time. Yeah. And I've been putting murderers away, and I can't get that kind of time. Okay, so he now, what's the first What's the first place for his incarceration? He goes to a, a place called Downstate, which is in Fishkill, New York. Yeah does everything that you'd want to do to take time and to benefit yourself there because first part was getting off the drugs, which, you know, when you go to prison, there's no alternative. It's just, you just don't do drugs You just anymore. don't do drugs. Yeah. So he got off of that, got a clear head, realized what he had done and wanted to better his life. So he went to the school there, got a GED. He went to different programs, whether it was Bible studies and classes of, you know. Did just, you see the change in him, Rich? Oh, it was unbelievable. Just speaking to him on the phone was like, I didn't know my son anymore. He wasn't that tough street kid anymore. It was no. like the realization, wow, I screwed up my life, but I'm not dead and I can continue my life. I'm off these drugs. Now let me continue my life. Go ahead. Exactly. He never he never sulked about, oh, God, look, I'm in jail now, blah, blah, blah. He he knew what he did, and he faced the, he's, he's going to face the music. So he eventually took all these programs because they told him you work on a merit system. Mm -hmm. Good behavior will get you down to nine and change. A merit systems, maybe another year, year and a half, getting knocked off. So he was going to do anything he could to better his life and to get out of prison early so he can come home, have a family, and go on with, be, you know, becoming an asset in so life. So now, how long has he been in up to date now? Okay, he spent almost eight years in downstate. Like I said, he was a model inmate. He and did eight years in downstate. Go ahead. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, we got the bad news. When that, did the trouble start? Well, the facility closed. Ah. They closed downstate. And then that was the whole beginning of a nightmare. They sent him up. Most of his friends actually were sent up to different prisons that were noted to be normal, as I say normal anyway, 
And this prison that he was sent to was really a medium and it was a detention center for more like adolescence. Yeah. You know, and my son now, he's he's 34 now. So when he went up there, he was 33. And well, what age was he when he went to jail? He was 26 when he went to downstate. Okay, good. So that part of his whole life was basically ruined. He becomes 33 with the idea now of the work release, which he's okay for. We're striving for work release to get out before the 13 years. Right. Good. Spends about four months in Green. Green Haven? Green Correctional Facility, oh. which there again, he was becoming a model citizen and made, I'm sorry. And then the trouble started. They, Let's talk about that because that's the most important part it, of this. It seems whole. like when people, whether correction officers or inmates, know that you are possibly going home, they start to get jealous. Because a lot of them are in there for life. Exactly. So Green Correctional houses a lot of gang members. There's probably around 3,000 guys in there. I'd say 2,900 are gang members. And they're young, up, young, and coming wannabe gangsters, and they try to prove to the older guys what they're going to be. The odd part is we never thought that the COs would allow any of this ridiculous to happen, you know, uh, taking charge of the, the prison like it's so theirs. You're, you're actually saying that these gang members control the COs, the correction officers? Well, actually, the COs control the gang members. Okay, when so they don't like somebody, they tell one of the gang members to go out, either beat them up. And they well, allow this to happen. They allow it to happen. Okay, so let's <clears> let's <throat> talk about the first incident with your son. Now, your son's no little wimpitation. No. He's a big guy, and I think that could be a threat problem, too, because he could probably kick the butt out of any yeah. one of these guys. So let's talk about the, the yeah. first incident that happens. I mean, like you said, the kid's 6'4", 245. He's got probably 20-inch biceps. I looked at him and said, you could play for the Jets. That's how big he was. But the situation here was they take advantage of things like that. You had these these gang members were told to recruit him in their operation to sell, actually not to sell drugs and alcohol, which they were doing, but be a collector. Go around and, and bang people around in that jail that didn't pay the money that were owed by them. So he didn't want to partake in any of this. He's got six months in his head to get out of prison, and he told them, I'm not interested. Right off the bat, the so-called gang member goes back to the CO, tells him he's a rat. Mm. And that's the worst thing you could do. So the CO tells the gang members that your son's a rat. Well, actually, the gang members told the CO that he doesn't want to play ball with us. So in other words, your son's not playing ball. We're playing ball with what? Go out, collect the money for them, do everything they want him to do in that prison. So they asked him to be, and I can use these words, they asked him to be their bitch. Right. And what he refused to go along with these gang members right. that are controlling the prison. So what right. happens then? No, he tells them, he said, you know, drugs is what got me here. I don't want to be doing this again. I want to get out in six months and I don't want to partake. So Next, in other words, in the facility, drugs, alcohol, everything floating around. Oh, tons of it. It's all smuggled in overnight shifts. You have drugs coming in any day of the week. You have alcohol 
which they bring in in Listerine bottles. I mean, it's just it's just prevalent it's in all these, sale. You know, and what and what two hundred for a bottle of Listerine for alcohol? Two hundred dollars for a bottle of Listerine, oh, an empty Listerine bottle full of alcohol. That's yeah. it. And so now your son says, "I'm not dealing with this. I want to get the hell out of here. I could get out of here maybe in a year or so, a, six not, months possibly, six That's, months possibly." Yeah. So now what happens the first time with the with the first incident? Well, after he didn't want to partake, and they label him a rat. The head of this gang goes back to the CO and says to him, we don't want him living in this dorm anymore. Because in green, you live in a dorm of like, say, 50 guys in a yeah. dorm. And they said he didn't want him living here anymore. Because he ain't cooperating, being their bitch. Right. He said, they say they want him out. Right. So then what happened was they sent a guy over to test him out. He was called a rapo. That's what they call a him. A rapo, like a rape? Yes. Yeah. So they sent a rapo. It better be a big mother if yeah. your son's six foot four, yeah. 245. Who's going to rape him? So he gets in an altercation, beats the guy up. The guy tries to rape him. Right. Okay. Not, not rape him. The guy tries to fight him, I guess. Yeah. You know? So he beats the guy up, and then he goes to the box. The box is? The box is like solitary confinement, nobody in your cell. No privileges, no TV. And nothing. how long are they in? Twenty three out of twenty four. This well, they originally they were allowed to do what they want, but then they came out with the halt act, so you can't do more than fifteen days. Can't with, do more fifteen days in, in a box. solitary. Yeah. All right. So he got in a fight, real fight. So now he goes in the box. Go ahead. Right. What happens then? So how long now, is he in? He's in fifteen days, and now they tell him that actually before the fifteen days ended, he ex tried to get everybody to understand that. This gang member, when he left that area after the fight, told him he's dead. He has a death threat. He's not going to make it out of that jail. He goes, tells every counselor, everybody he can imagine that they're going to kill me. They're going to kill me here. when I go back in general population. Right. So they throw him in a box for a while. Next thing you know, he's begging them to get him out of there because he knows somebody's going to come in that box, which they do. They're able to get into the solitary? Oh, yeah. They leave the doors unlocked. when what, they the want correction you officers leave the doors unlocked? Purposely, when they want you beat up. Yeah. Or dead. Or dead. Or yeah. stabbed. Correct. Mm. So they finally take it a little serious, we think, anyway. They bring him out of the prison. Three miles down the road, there's a maximum prison called Kaksaki Prison. Kaksaki, yeah. So they bring him in there. He stays in there. Approximately three weeks, I think it was, to a month. He's doing great there. He's on his own, no problems, no fighting, no yeah. worries. And this was supposed to be that he went there until their so-called investigation at Green was over. Yeah. We find out that Green Correctional Facility, they're the ones that did the investigation. So the same CEO They CO's, investigated themselves. Yes. No outside, no, no attorney general's office, no. no independent investigation. None, none. So middle of the night, they come to get him out of Coxsackie and bring him back to Green, yeah. which was unheard of because we were shocked. After you get a death threat, they bring you back there. The worst so part So now in Green, mm -hmm. how many incidents were there? How many inmates were killed or beat up? Oh, God, there's been many people in already in the past. If you read up on it, guys getting killed, like I said, Cells being unlocked for them to go beat up or kill somebody. So now he comes back out of Kalsaki, right? Back to Green, and he's labeled as the real rat now. Yeah, go yeah. Ahead. So the problem is he's sh shocked that he goes there. They put him in a box right away, right in solitary. solitary. Now is that when you called me? That's uh, when I called you and I said his my life's son. In you danger. said to me, Rich, you call out. I'll never forget. Uh, Bo, they're gonna kill my yep, son. Yep. 
And then and then I said, oh my god, yeah. you know. And I started making phone calls, yeah. and I made phone calls actually to the attorney general. Everybody, oh, it was one of the things when you're talking about a prisoner, like who gives a shit? Exactly. I give a shit if it's my son, yeah. like you did. Yeah. Now, well, who was the fella that we brought into this thing? We brought in a criminologist named Craig Rothfeld. He has a company called Inside Outside. Yeah. He is an expert with the criminology as far as the whole prison system. And he was an inmate himself. He was an inmate himself. I think it was like 22 months, I think like eight years back. Came out, studied everything. He's in a process, I think, he'd becoming an attorney. But he is like really good as far as knowing every inch and out of that system. He knows the names of people. And he's still Albany, involved with you, right? Very involved. Day to day, I got to tell you, the guy answers my call any time of oh. day, night. Well, that, that's and, that's uh, a that's a good shout out. What's yeah. his name again? Craig Rothfeld, R O T H F E L D. And he's been uh, he's the one that I brought in. Yes. Now, now basically, then we had Arthur Idell, a yes. famous lawyer there. So now, I mean, where we're at today is that he's still in green now, your he, son. Well, actually, this is amazing. Over the weekend, he was let out after numerous let out uh, to where. He let out, and he was going to Riverview, which is in the Canadian Get border. out of here. <laughs> yeah, this is news I'm hearing right now. Yeah. You didn't tell me this. Yeah, I, I, we haven't got a chance to talk. Wow, you're smiling days. like a... Yeah, yeah. So was, this is a good thing. Oh, it was like a whole worry week. It was a great thing on Friday wow. night to hear. And then we were worried that he didn't get to Riverview. Yeah. But they had to go to Governor's first and drop him there. But Riverview's- I a, mean, it's it's like a pit stop. He went to Ulster first. But Riverview's a, is like a country it's, club compared to- Oh, my God. Now, yeah. let's go. Because, look, of course, your son got out now. And right. Let me clap. Yes. And I'm so excited for you, and I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something. There was more. Why I'm doing this show is we're talking about- Sing Sing, we're talking about lawsuits against prisoners. And now all of a sudden I'm going to sound like a friggin' liberal. Prisoners' rights. Right. And you want to know something? I believe I locked up the worst. Guy killed 10 people. But if you're incarcerated, you right. should have your rights too. You shouldn't be getting raped. You shouldn't be getting beeped. You should right. have your own rights. You're doing your time. You should have your rights. And when you brought me into this, at first I said, oh, it's just another prisoner. Right. But it wasn't just another. Because I put myself in the place of a father who has a child right. who's in the system. So now basically they have federal lawsuits, state lawsuits, and everything against these, right? Right. They have so many different suits right now going on. It's like no matter where you turn, though, it's like with Green County, I have to say one thing about that place, Green Correctional Facility. It's in Green County, New York, and it's a kind of a town where the sheriff's department there, know the state police department there, know the correction officers there. In the prison, sorry, in the police department, you have police officers, and if they do not the right thing, as you know, you have yeah. IAB. You have internal affairs. Okay. And then you also, now you have you have, you have the uh, attorney general's office. When there's a cop, that's why I'm very surprised when there's a cop involved yeah. with something. The police department, they're jumping up. But why ain't they jumping ugly with the COs and with the prisons? Why? Well, they have a department that's called OSI. Yeah. But the odd thing was we met somebody from OSI, spoke with her, told her everything that was going on. Yeah. And when I mentioned it to my son, he said, yeah, her father works as a correction officer here. Wow. So, I mean, how, how, and the uncle. And then you got 
their friends that they barbecue with. You're talking about a little town. This yeah, is not yeah. like where everybody knows. So anything knows that happens, they control everything. Everything. And no one from the outside independently investigates these facilities at no, all. Exactly. Whether it be a murder or not, they investigate themselves, and obviously they cover up as big in. Now, like, like I can I, give you one better. I called the FBI. Yeah, what the FBI And I say? begged them, telling them that No, they my, were too busy going my, to, uh, <laughs> Christians going to, uh, demonstrating outside of, of abortion clinics. Yeah, That's yeah. what they want to do. Or maybe they were breaking down Mar-a-Lago's door. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, you know, this is one of my true crime stories that I just learned now, because I'll never forget you calling me up. You were near tears. Oh, I was crying. And Rich, I, crying. I felt, I wanted to drive I, up there. I was begging you. You were begging, but what a great True crime story. Oh, my God. Because we have a story, and now we have an ending to this story, which I just learned now in the middle of this podcast that your son now has been moved to better. Now, what is he looking at now to get out of here? Well, the lawsuit that we have is we had to hire attorneys because in green, they were writing him tickets like they were writing— What's writing a ticket mean? Well, anything they you do that considered to be a violation, it goes against your record. Right, and they're banging them out with Yeah, this. and they were get slaughtered. Covering their asses. Oh, my God. They were giving him ticket after ticket. Uh, they wanted to make him look like he assaulted an officer. And in that incident, when they said— When he was he, getting beat up, yeah. he assaulted the officer. Go ahead. They came—first of all, first of all, we missed a little bit of the story. When they brought him back from Coxsackie, they put him in the box. Yeah. Okay, the next morning, the two officers said, pack up, you're going back to H1. H1 is a dorm. They all have D1, H1, they're letting. And that's where the gang Yeah, were. yeah. So that was the same dorm that this this gang member was in. Uh-huh, the one that wanted him to die. wanted him to him die, yeah. yeah. To want the threat, the death threat to kill him. Yeah. So he said, I'm not going to H1. He you said, actually, listening audience, my friend Rich Bruno actually called me up crying, said, Bo, please help. They're going to kill my son yep. if he's put back in that dorm. But I think that our guy, our consultant there, right. was able to stop him from going into that dorm. Am well, what, ha- what happened was he notified Albany, everybody in Albany, all the top people you can imagine, Yeah, told them that this kid got a death threat. He was brought back from Coxsackie, put back in now a box. Now we put him on notice. Yeah, and we let everybody know. And we, I'll never forget That it. probably saved his life. It was Friday night. I'll never forget. I remember it was a Friday night when yep. you called me. You were. And do you want to know what happened on Saturday? What? Friday night, actually. Friday afternoon, he started doing this. He got letters back, emails back from all the top people in Albany saying there will be body cams on him. There won't wow. be a hair touched on his head. He is safe. Wow. Do you know what happened on Saturday morning? What? The officers told him he's going back into H1, and he said, I'm not going back in there because they're going to cut me up. They said, half hour, you're not out. We mace you out. They, he said, do what you have to do, otherwise I'm going to die. They opened the hole up, and they put the hose in, and they shot him full of mace, sprayed him from head to toe to bed him, choking his brains out. They came in, cuffed him from behind, and five guys, six guys, whatever it was, with helmets, Clubs beat him to death. Fract, possible fractured wrists he had. He had broken ribs. He this had is a your concussion. son. Yep. Yep. This well, is they didn't beat son. him to death. Thank well, God. they left him to die in there. Put it that way. And they left. That's when you called me hysterical. And then I first even called Craig, too, and said, I thought the letter said we're not going to yeah. email. He was shocked. He said he never had that happen, which is proof that they lied. Mm. They said they wouldn't. 
So he told me the COs probably went against Albany because their union is so strong, they don't care. Yeah. No one can tell them what to do. And actually, when I made the phone call that day, as well as Craig yeah. Friday, to tell them what was going on, I spoke to Lieutenant Sullivan, yeah. swore to me nothing would happen. My son called me that night. He got off the phone and said, got on the phone with me, and he said that Lieutenant Sullivan laughed at him and said, what do you think, you can call your daddy? This is my jail. I own this jail. <laughs> wow. And that's how these COs up there believe it's their jail. Wow. Now, now, well, this this story's got a great ending, but I worry about the other inmates that are in there oh, that don't God. have you to call Bo and all that kind of stuff. I mean, in reality, there has to be some sort of an investigation by the state. Right. And I mean, we should, I'm going to call out the attorney general. Yep. You're the person, and I know Letitia. You know what? This should be investigated, and correction facilities should have some sort of an investigation body that independently investigates any of these allegations. Because prisoners have rights too. Well, they you, denied everything we said. Yeah, the of course general. they're going to deny. They just didn't want to hear anything. Yeah, but but, but now do you have a do you have a suit against the? Uh, yeah, we have we have a. There's two separate suits. We have first that we're, thing we're doing is we're filing a, mo a motion to show cause, which brings it to an outside judge. Wow. That's so good. this way it doesn't have anything, that, you know, to do with And then you, them. you go after all these Then we go after all these alleged violations. The violations, Because yeah. once they get, if they get overturned, he'll be up for his probation again for the, um, not probation, for the work release. Work release. Then he can come down, work. You know, yeah. I have business he no, can work for. halfway houses. Yeah, yeah, he could be, you know, a normal person again. Yeah. But they are just trying to keep him to do for more. But now you feel as though where he is is safe. He's safe now, God willing, but they're trying to tack four years on him mm. for doing nothing, for oh. not participating. What does Craig say? Craig says we're going to fight all these tickets and get them overturned and we're going to get them out the door. Beautiful. That's what we're hoping. But well, I'm going to tell you something, Rich. You know, we, when we do these podcasts, we limit it to people's attention spans. And I think we're coming about 25 minutes. And I mean, this, this is one of my great true crime podcasts because I just learned what we did yeah. was able to get your son oh, and some, save your son's life. Without a doubt. Wow. Wow. He wouldn't <laughs> be alive, I tell you right now, if it wasn't for you. Craig and everybody getting involved now, in this. Listen to me. This podcast is going to be important because the head of this station, my friend John Katzenmatidis, one of the most wonderful people. He loves both sides. He loves fair and square. And I think that this is a, a actual something that people should look at that, again, you do something wrong, you're going to do your time. But right. you should do your time and be able to live to get out and be rehabbed and get back into our population. Exactly. Rich, Exactly. This was a great podcast, and I thank you very much. I think I need my windows cleaned in the spring. Whatever you want, <laughs> give me the good price, okay, Rich? You, you got it. You never Rich, Rich Bruno, I met him. It's just funny. We got a lot of mutual friends, but he, he does the best window cleaning. What's the name of your company? Hampton Window Cleaning. Hampton Window Cleaning. Does the insides, the outside. Because I used to try to climb up the ladder, Rich, <laughs> and my balance is a little off, and I'll, I'll end up dying if I try to go up that ladder. I'll see you in the spring. You got <laughs> it. As long as it's spring. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in, Rich Bruno. And everybody remember, listen to our Bo Deedle's True Crime Story. This was a, a story with a beginning, looked very bad, with a really happy ending. And I ask everybody, tune in. Any questions about anything, you could go 
send an email to investigationswithans.com or you can get me, Bo Deedle Associates. Call me about anything. There's a great story. Happy ending. And thank you for listening, everybody. Thank Until you for week. having me on, Bo. Thank Bo. You.